This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, I have for you a massive Raptors head, a big friend of mine, uh, a wonderful comedian whose album drops this Saturday, April 1st, called Interdimensional. It's Dan Gallia. How you doing, hey. buddy? Not bad. How are you? Oh, it's so good to have you here. Um, I always love this, like if you're watching on YouTube, this like portrait of, I want to say old Toronto, like before <laughs> every condo uh, took the Rogers Center out of our skyline. Yeah, this was still the Sky Dome, probably. Yeah, it was probably still the Sky Dome. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the moon is not to scale. The moon is quite large in this picture. <laughs> it's a uh, wolf blood moon, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's very nice. It's very nice. Um, we've got lots of NBA and Raptors news to talk about. I missed last week's episode. I'm so sorry. I've been trying so hard to stay on top of the episodes, but... I just had too much life happening last week. Uh, I was on set for a new show that's coming out later this year called Late Bloomer, uh, starring Just Rain. Uh, so definitely keep your eyes out for that. It'll be on Crave. I think it'll debut in the fall. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but just stay tuned for that. It's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, but anyways, you know, just lots of life happening, lots of basketball happening. Let's jump into it. I've been following pretty closely this MVP race, and we were supposed to have this showdown, I believe it was on Monday, with Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. And Embiid had to sit out because of um, some knee soreness. And, you know, it was just super disappointing because we've been waiting for this MVP showdown. We've been waiting. I feel like a lot of the fan base, not all the fan base, but a lot of the fan base and a lot of NBA journalists and heads have been looking for a reason not to give Nikola Jokic his third MVP in a row. And I think Embiid going up against him in these final games could have been it. And the opportunity was lost. What do you think? That's exactly what I think. I mean, like, I think that they're so close, too, in this MVP race, those two, that, like, any little thing at this point could, like, kind of shift it. Uh -huh. And I really think it's, like, Jokic is to lose. But it's also, like... You know, I feel like Embiid does get injured a lot. And I do feel like it's part of the, it should be part of the consideration because like as a most valuable player, part of that value is keeping yourself in a condition where you can finish a full season right, and not be like destroyed at the end. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And so I don't know. I do think it, it should kind of matter. And I think that if it's really close and one of the players is sitting out more, that's the player that probably shouldn't win. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause I, I believe that um, 
he oh now i'm paraphrasing another podcast that i was listening to (laughs) but he he has like somewhere around 59 to 60 games played this season approximately and it would be one of the lower number of games played in a season total for an mvp if Embiid were to win but there's something about like in i just feel like in this era of basketball and i know we're raptors fans and we're not supposed to support philadelphia in any way (laughs) but in this era of basketball i feel like Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid being MVPs feels right in terms of how I feel how who has dominated, at least in the regular season, who is so dominant in this league right now, where I feel like if, if Jokic wins a third MVP, we're going to look back and it's going to be like the whole Steve Nash thing where you know it's like decades later and everybody keeps saying like who it should have gone to instead. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing about the league is that it's full of great players and you can decide, like, I agree with you. I think Embiid has probably earned an MVP along the way and for whatever reason hasn't won it because of probably Jokic being there. And just like there's every player always has that person that's like just a little bit above them. You know what I mean? And it's uh-huh. like with Embiid, I feel like, yes, he's a dominant player, but he's only a dominant player for the games he's on the court. Right, And it's like, if he's going to win this and it's like one of the lower amounts of games anybody's ever played that's won an MVP, it's like there, there's something to be said about that because it's like if it was a 60-game season, then maybe a lot of players would be much better. <laughs> you know well, I mean? yeah, <laughs> it, it adds to that argument for sure. And I totally get what you're saying. You know, it's like, you know, the greatest ability is availability. Um, right. But I just, yeah, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, how sometimes in the Oscars where like an actor will win an Oscar, but it feels more like a lifetime Oscar than it does for that movie. Exactly. Like no one's rewatching the Revenant, but everyone agreed Leonardo DiCaprio should have an Oscar by now. You know what I mean? Like it kind of, it kind of feels like that to me a bit. And, you know, maybe sometimes you have years like that. But then it also takes away from another player's legacy is the problem. And it's like, I I always, I'm for people getting what they deserve, but it's like Jokic has the ability to have three MVP. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and and so it's like, yes, we want to give this person what he deserves, but this other person, maybe he deserves this. Maybe he actually just deserves it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so it sucks. Like, it's not a perfect world we live in, but I mean, like, Unfortunately, uh, there's only one MVP and it's like it should be the person I think that has played more games and done better, you know, overall. Yeah, like they're first in the they're first in the Western Conference have pretty much held on to that the entire season. Um, You know, last year, the kind of narrative was like, you know, he didn't have the quote unquote help like you know, with Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. both being out for the season and he had to carry that team. But now it's like, okay, well, he's still carrying the team mm-hmm. and now they're the best in the league. And um, also, if someone asked you who has a better chance of winning the NBA championships, Philadelphia or Denver? Right. Who, who would you say? Um, I would say... Well, I would say Denver because I think Milwaukee's coming out of the East. Also, what I'm saying is I think that yeah. like 
that's the thing is like he even he's on a better team. He's so, adding to a better team. So many people in the NBA media, specifically the American NBA media, are so low on Denver mm. that it's making me feel crazy. <laughs> bit you know what i mean like like i watched some like espn clip where like brian winhorst who is a very respected voice in nba journalism was talking about the lakers winning the championship today just because (laughs) in the last like eight games or not even eight games like eight days or something they've had one of the top defenses in the league and it's like you don't have the top defense in the nba for eight games in march and then win a championship like that's just not historically how things go i mean i just feel like all those guys probably just get paid to have some weird hot take just to keep things interesting we've talked about that on this show as well before in the past but i was just like wow it is wild it's sports entertainment you know what I mean? Because it's yes, like, the entertainment part. But this is entertaining, <laughs> is it not? I don't know. Absolutely, it, no. This is. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, is like Denver is not like a shiny market for these people. No, like and they're, LA and they're just is getting crapped on. That's they would love LA to win the championship every year, right? But it's like Denver is like. Remember when Toronto won the championship? Like they didn't want to talk about us until we were like they didn't want to talk there, about us. They didn't want know? to come here. They exactly. didn't Stephen A. go on a tangent about actually needing his passport or something like, you know, like, oh, God, I have I have a passport. I have to like, like, like as if a passport's so heavy, you know, as if it takes so much space in the luggage. I know. And, you know, I get it. (laughs) I really do. (laughs) It takes up a lot of space. Yeah, it takes Um, up. And the customs, the customs line I can kind of get, like if you've never (laughs) been in a customs line before. Um, Oh, my God. You know. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not like a shiny thing for them to talk about because, to them, it's like, oh, it's Denver. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, if we've learned anything from John Morant, you know, they're an open carry state, and you think they'd love that? I'm just kidding. I'm you, just kidding. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> clip that, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't clip that. Don't clip that. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, it was definitely disappointing to not see those two show off, and I, I feel like, um, like currently, like the Vegas odds are leaning towards Jokic getting his third MVP as of this recording, but. You know, I feel like I would be fine if it was either one of them. And I actually think, you know, due to the playoff success, and we'll obviously see this year if that changes drastically or not, I think people will start looking back and being like, wow, maybe Giannis should have been the one who had three MVPs. That's true. Right? Like, I think when we look back at it, because I think, like, for some reason, when Giannis won two and there was this opportunity to give him a third, I just felt like people were like, oh, well, we don't do that. We don't give people three MVPs in a row or like we haven't done that since like, I don't know, like Jordan's era or something. But, you know, so it's weird how things change. And it's one of those things where it's like in the moment, I feel like it feels fine to give him a third MVP. But it's one of those things for sure we're going to look back on and, and hate somehow. Do you think any of this is like because uh, the NBA is a company and like having a three MVP player really doesn't do anything for that player or the NBA past two? Like, because like once you get two MVPs, 
you're like a mega superstar, right? Like, it's like, oh my God, you got two MVPs. But if you got three MVPs, you're still just a mega superstar. You know what I mean? But that's the opportunity <laughs> to start building a second mega superstar. Because if you can give now, you know, MB to one and then he wins a second one, now you got another one. You know what I yeah. mean? But it's like for every one you give three to, you're actually kind of late on making the next guy your mega superstar. Because it's like, Giannis, uh, Giannis isn't going to stop being a mega superstar because he didn't win the MVP this year. He's done. He's amazing. Everyone knows it, and there's no right. denying it. And Jokic, same thing. It's like, if he doesn't win this year, do you think people are going to be like, nobody wants Jokic? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> okay, right? so it's, like, it's like the job is done in the NBA's mind as to whether like it's going to help anybody. So uh, – in terms of like, if that's part of the decision-making, you know what I mean? Maybe that is, I don't know. That's that's actually a very interesting point. It's definitely not going to make him more famous, like a championship would. But mm -hmm. at this point, another MVP you know, doesn't move the needle for him in terms of like fame, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, and maybe, yeah. And it wouldn't for Giannis either, but I think it would be very impactful for Embiid to get his yeah. first you know, so I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm feeling like I'm actually leaning towards giving it to him just because I feel like, yeah, going back to my Oscar analogy, like it just feels right for him to have one MVP <laughs> in the course of his career based on what he has done this season. Right. Like based on the games he has played, he's averaging. I think it's like he's averaging 30. Wait, he's averaging 34 points and nine rebounds. And and almost five assists. He's amazing. And he's two pretty. Un he's and really hard to like, stop. Like, those are those are MVP numbers. You know what yeah. I mean. So I wouldn't feel bad about it. Nope. Uh, if you're watching you, on YouTube, like we're recording this Thursday evening, and the sun is coming down, and I feel my lighting has changed dramatically <laughs> in this in this segment so far, just so yeah. people aren't like, "What is going on?" It's nighttime uh, where I am, so. <laughs> you're like five blocks away <laughs> um are you in the west end yeah. yeah 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 all right uh okay so the other thing i want to talk about nba wise is uh the dallas mavericks completely imploding uh in the last week they are 11th in the west now granted the west is very close but they are 11th. They are completely out of the play-in as of, again, as of this recording. They lost a game earlier this week to the Charlotte Hornets, which is a very bad loss. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> and uh, Luka Doncic, uh, during one of his press conferences, and openly admitted that he is not having as much fun this year playing basketball. And you know, he didn't really go into lengths as to why that is. He just said he's not having as much fun this year. So, you know, sorry, I'm going to, does that, God, that lamp does nothing for me. I'm, I have a ring light on. That's the craziest thing. I have so much shadow on me and I'm literally using a ring light. Like, yeah. See without the ring light. Oh yeah. What a disaster. Okay. Anyways. You look fine. Thank you. Dallas Mavericks are imploding. I mean, obviously, this is very interesting for several reasons. One, they traded for Kyrie, as we all know, um, around the trade deadline because some fan, I literally believe it's because this fan <laughs> made a mural in Dallas that said, send help, please send help. 
Mark Cuban was in the media stating that he took that mural personally. And then and then he makes a Kyrie trade. Not that this is Kyrie's fault. I'm not claiming that this is Kyrie's fault. And Luca, no one's blamed Kyrie. But I'm just saying, like, this was supposed to be the trade that was going to take them over the edge. It hasn't happened. Now they're 11th. And the twist is that if that their pick uh that for this year was traded to the new york knicks and if it if they get a top 10 slot in this year's draft they get to keep that pick and then if they fall below that then it goes to the knicks so now you know this was a team that was in the western conference finals last year no one expected them to be in a in a draft scenario um but it now people are saying like, hey, maybe you sort of lean into this tank for the rest of the season and try and get yourselves that top 10 pick back. I was going to say, it sounds like a shark tank, like uh, <laughs> like a Mark Cuban shark. That tank. was not yeah. Mark Cuban. Is, I Maybe he has said that in the media. I did not find I that. I don't think he did. But I mean, like, it's a smart, weird tank. I mean, like, I don't. First of all, just like to start, I it's Kyrie. Kyrie Irving is poison. Okay, I just feel like <laughs> he is because, and I don't even mean like I don't know. Like he's probably a decent person to be around. I don't know, right? But like, there's this thing that's been happening where, like, you know, there are people out there who are very nice, genuinely nice people, but then when they say things, they they're like poison and it's like he just seems like one of those people to me and it must be so frustrating to just be around that guy because like he's super talented um he has a personality and he has so many horrible takes and bad uh ideas and it's like the people that the mavericks got rid of to get him weren't like that (laughs) they were at least team players right and now you have this guy and it's like i don't know like basketball is a team sport and i really do feel like owners sometimes forget that because bringing a guy into your locker room like Kyrie, it's like it doesn't take a lot of research to see what might happen i mean like he's moving around a lot you know what i mean and so i'm not sure if that's the only reason, but it's like, yeah, I bet Luca's not having as much fun, you know, like, yeah, I mean, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I (laughs) think it's like, I I think in part, you know, I mean, of course we know he's kind of lit a fire everywhere he's went, but as far as I know, he, that he hasn't lit that fire in Dallas yet. Like what I mean is like lighting the place on fire, not like he's on fire, but, um, but I think like earlier this year, Jason Kidd uh, made a statement about Luca being a little bit immature, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. Um, Jason Kidd's job is very much on the line. I would not be surprised if he was fired this offseason. And right. I, th- I think like 
you know what it kind of reminds me of so like like dan and i are, are both comedians we both do stand up i mean i've been doing more writing and podcasting these days but i still do stand up comedy on a regular basis and i think it's like when you start out doing stand up comedy it's like so fun it's so exhilarating it's like even when you're performing to like a handful of people you're just like you're so excited to be there and then over time it really becomes a job Right. And so then suddenly it's like you have these shows and you're performing in front of hundreds of people and you're just like, I don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Like you get those days and, and then it's like you're just kind of like you're going through the motion of like your club set or your theater set or your corporate set. And and it just it starts to feel more and more like a job. And I wonder if like that's kind of what Luke is going through right now. Like in addition to like the roster construction issues, I just feel like he's like, oh, like he's sort of just lost the the joy of it and needs to kind of find that again maybe i'm like looking way too into this okay but like to me i just got very philosophical no no because i think you're right about that but i also think there's this element because so i'm a i try to be a very nice person okay and so like when somebody's in a room with me saying things i don't like okay when someone's in a room with me saying things i don't like it's hard for me to like confront them or like stand up for myself i I mostly don't want the confrontation so Mm -hmm. as a nice person i just try to nod and say like maybe i say well i disagree but you know we all have different thoughts whatever it is right But it does strain your relationship because it's like if that person's always doing that and you're always having to be polite and be like, (laughs) and they know you don't agree with them, right? This is just a personal thing, but it's like, Lucas seems like a very nice person to me. And it's like, if he's in a room and his whole job now is to just deal with things that he doesn't like, and he wasn't having to do that as much, of course, things aren't going to be as fun. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't see him as the type of person to throw Kyrie under the bus, no matter what. I don't see like, um, I don't think Kyrie needs to light a fire for there to be like, just kind of, you know, unpleasantness around, (laughs) you know, just kind of like, okay. Yeah. uh You know, whatever it is. Yeah. Like like they uh, don't come across as like bros or like good friends. Um, And I don't like it's funny, like I don't know if teams have to be like best of friends to win a championship, but I do think they need to get along on some level. Like like a lot has been written about, you know, the Michael Jordan Bulls and like Dennis Rodman and Michael Jordan not necessarily being like the best of friends, but he would still fly to Vegas and be like, hey, man, you got to come back here or whatever it was you know what i mean so there was some sense of camaraderie there even if they weren't besties or even with the raptors like Kawhi leonard wasn't necessarily anyone's best friend on this team um you know i think it's kind of out there that he really like stuck to himself but i think the rest of the group were so close and he was able to fit in and you know he came and he did his job and Mm -hmm. i think that was you know they made it work but i think a lot of that had to do with i mean obviously Kawhi's great but i think a lot of that had to do with kyle's leadership and you know everyone else being close-knit so you know i think there's some exceptions to that where like not everyone's best friends but at the same time it's like you do need some level of camaraderie to like to make it work so i do think i think there's probably an element of what we're saying going on like it's probably a multitude of things also like we should mention like the west is so close it's ridiculous like if i pull it up right now 
um like the Mavericks are in 11th with 37 wins. The Suns and the Clippers are tied 4th and 5th with 41 wins. Wow. So I mean, you're talking a 4 <laughs> to 5 game difference between 4th place and 11th place in the West. I don't think I've ever seen it this close in all my years of watching the NBA. I don't think it's ever been this close from fourth to 11th. That's pretty fun. So it's kind of, it's, it's wild that this has happened to, I think in any other year, Dallas has better numbers. It's just when a, when a league is so wide open, that's what makes it so tight. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, I think any other year it goes better for them, but this is the year where it doesn't. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's so, going to happen to them. Here's a question for you, though. I saw I read an article the other day about Boucher talking about like uh, how betting has kind of made things harder for the yeah, players. Yeah, we have that as a topic later. You're you're going you're cutting ahead, but okay, go on. <laughs> no, let's save it for later. I forgot that was a topic. It's like so literally, I emailed Dan with all the topics, and he's like. I read this article the other day. I'm like, I so sent it I to sent you. you. I literally list. sent it to you and it's on our list. I read like six articles the other day. And, <laughs> uh... <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, this is back. what happens when you're a woman, everyone. Um, <laughs> remember when I said earlier I'd be the judge whether you're a nice guy or not? But anyway. Yeah. Oh, I'm man. Just, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just dear. kidding. I'm just kidding. It's all good. Um, okay, Dallas. Yeah, so Dallas is imploding. I think the fact that they that they have this top 10 draft pick looming makes things extra interesting. And I I feel like it's so hard when you're so close yet so far away. And, you know, if it, if the roster's not happy, if all of this is going on, I feel like if I, not that I'm a GM, but I feel like if I'm them, if I'm Mark Cuban, I'm thinking to myself, okay, is there a world where we can negotiate some sort of sign and trade for Kyrie so we don't completely lose him in free agency this summer? And maybe get this top 10 pick. And will that keep Luca happy mm. again? Right. Like, cause also if you're them, you're talking to Luca and you're like, okay, what's going to make you happy here? Not that players always know best. Like we, as we know, it's not every player is the best GM, but nope. you still have the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where I would be leaning. Cause it's like, okay, we're not, we can win the championship. We might not even get out of the first. We might not even make it to the play-in. Let's just, you know, like, let's, re it, let's regroup here. How, like, I just want to know how unhappy Luca is and, like, why. That's all. Because it's like, no matter he's, what you yeah. do, if he's not happy, it's not going to be good. Like, we've seen players unhappy in how they play. Like, you know, Vince Carter wouldn't even dunk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's his whole thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, like, we didn't give his mom a parking spot, which is, like, ridiculously petty. And in hindsight, move. we should have just given Michelle Carter her parking spot. Like, who cares? I but, uh, 
in any case, I mean, now, nowadays, <laughs> you're just giving Michelle Carter a parking spot. It's like not even a question how much yeah. these guys get whatever they want. But back then, it was like, you want your mom to have a parking spot? Like, that's actually not a huge ask anymore. No. But it, in any way, <laughs> that's a whole tangent for a different. <laughs> they were like, we'll do it, but the Raptors don't eat lunch every Tuesday for 10 months. You're like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh god so poorly so poorly run back then but uh okay keeping our eye on dallas you know i'm very curious to see how they're gonna make this work in the next week or so if we're gonna go for it or not uh one more western conference thing we gotta talk about before we get into raptors i feel like the big news this week is that we've got a lot of players coming back from injury this week both lebron james and kevin durant have come back this week um Paul George went down with a, what looked like a brutal knee injury, but it turns out that there is no structural damage beyond a knee sprain, which is great news for him. And he's going to be reevaluated in the next two to three weeks. So you figure like, are you okay? It was my foot. Uh, I fell. Remember? Oh my God. Stop hitting your foot on things. <laughs> I just saw you flinch in like a very painful way. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, okay, so, you know, so Paul George is being reevaluated in the next two to three weeks, which is great because, you know, for the Clippers, if they can get past the first round, which is actually a huge if now, especially if they're facing the Suns in the first round, like that's a tough four or five matchup. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if they're, you know, if they're able to get out of this first round, then suddenly I think the Clippers would look really good. But even in in that case, in the grand scheme of things, that's still better for Paul George. And there is, uh, you know, nothing definitive but hope that Andrew Wiggins will come back soon. Steve Kerr, after uh, a post-game presser, said that there is hope that he is coming back soon, although he didn't give more details about a date. So between Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Paul George, and Andrew Wiggins potentially being available for the playoffs... Uh, which player do you think is going to have the biggest impact? KD. I, I Easy, think hands like, down. Yeah. I think he's pretty – because he's coming into a team that's so stacked too, and it's just like he's just going to make that team so much better as he does, and we haven't really gotten to see like him with uh, the Suns like for too long, and I think that like – Yeah, wasn't it only like three games? Yeah, yeah. and if you're talking about impact, it's like – these games are going to be so important for him to gel with that team and get ready for the playoffs so that when they're in the playoffs, they're meshing because he is arguably one of the best players in the league. And, um, you know, being added to that team that's already doing fine is uh, is not going to hurt them. And I, I think that LeBron is also a good option, but it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I think um, he's such a great player. I don't know that the team – around him wouldn't be better without him after a while controversial i I think he's so great i just think that like there's a lot of young players that are probably listen i don't know that the team would be better without lebron lebron is great but i do think that like i think you should just commit to your really bad take here No, you know what? Yeah, they're going to be, they would be better if he was out. No, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like he takes a lot of the um, the ball time and a lot of like the attention. And I think that like that team could flourish a little bit, uh, get their young guys kind of playing a little better if they had more time. So that's all. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think Kevin Durant with the Suns is such a massive, intriguing X factor, unlike anything I've ever seen. Like I said, the numbers are so close already. I also think Kevin Durant is not only such a good player, but is also such a smart player that I don't actually think it will take him so long to adjust compared to any other blockbuster trade of this magnitude. I actually think he will find his fitting and he already looked great in those three games that we got to see him in. I think he will absolutely find his footing with this team with the remainder of the regular season. And I think it's, they're going to be hard to predict without such a huge sample size of what they can do and what they're capable of. But uh, but they are so massively intriguing to me. I absolutely think they have the potential to win it all. And I, yeah, it, it's a, they're impossible to ignore. And like I said, man, for as as good as the Clippers have been this season when they've been healthy, a first round against the Suns, I'm not picking them. No. Even if Paul George is able to come back somehow miraculously, I will not pick them. Um yeah, that is super intriguing to me. I also think, you know, I'm a like I've been weird with the Warriors this season, but also the Warriors have been weird with us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think like when they are clicking, they do look like the reigning NBA champs. They do look unstoppable. They do feel like an avalanche still when they're on fire. It's just they're so inconsistent. And and I was saying this on the pod, I think, a few weeks ago, like when Draymond and Dylan Brooks were going at it and Draymond was like, I don't really get up for like March and this, <laughs> that and the other. And I'm like, you're in the play in like you have to get up in March. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I know you've won four rings, but like maybe this cockiness has just like gotten to them a bit that they don't try as hard anymore. And they think they can just turn it on. And we did like, if you want, if anyone watched that Pelicans game the other night, um, I think it was on Tuesday, they can turn it on, but it's like to have to rely on that time and time again, I feel like is it's just not good. And you're getting older. And I feel like they're taking for granted the greatness and the moment that they have Um, with all that being said, if Wiggins comes back and they play the way they played in the second half of that Pelicans game, I would be uncomfortable betting against them to win the whole thing. I mean, if they face the Suns, I don't know. The I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies have had their number, but again, they haven't had Wiggins and And the Suns are a huge X factor, but I do think they could beat Denver. I think they could beat, you know, no one's betting on the Kings to do anything significant. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, I think they can beat any other team in the West. It's just those two teams would be the only ones I'd be uh, nervous about, but I'd be, yeah, yeah, that's where I stand. Yeah, I just think the momentum is a problem because it's like you said, they haven't been that consistent. And it makes me wonder if like, they're being inspired game to game rather than being inspired by a championship. Like it's like, it takes True. like a competitive game to wake them up. Oh yeah. And like you know, the way of- the way Draymond had to like throw such a fit 
on the court to get his team motivated. And to me, it was very obvious that he was doing this deliberately to get his team motivated. I don't think it had anything to do with like his actual emotions, like, or his emotions being out of control. Like he needed to do it for his team. And like, yeah, that is a red flag. Mm -hmm. That is a red flag. I guess it's just, maybe I'm leaning more towards the fact that it's disappointing that they're wasting this away because they are to me one of the most special teams I've ever watched in my life. No, they're great. <laughs> and to and to watch them just like which all great teams do, like even like the Shaq Kobe Lakers were the exact same way. Like when you win a handful of championships, you just get to you just I don't know, you relax a little too much and then people creep up and then you don't take them seriously. And then the next thing you know, you're on a beach in Cabo. Yeah. And then injuries happen and they actually and injuries you more tired than before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you're like, oh, God. and you're just you're getting older. And totally. yeah, I just feel like they're kind of they're taking the moment for granted. But I also still see their flashes of greatness that are still as great as anything I've ever seen. I would like it if they just like stopped trying and just like dedicated themselves to being like a like a globetrotters type team in the Stop. NBA where Steph Curry <laughs> just takes circus shots from center all the time. Maybe that's what he'll do when he's retired. Like he'll just tour on his own and just just throw up these massive lobs and get them in and everyone yeah. will just be like astonished. I would go yeah. to that. Yeah. I would actually pay to see that. I would pay to just see him chuck a ball. Yeah, he's the new red panda. He just yeah. chucks ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, cool. Let's move on to our Raptors Homer moment. And this, Dan, you might as well take it away and lead us with the article you read somewhere. I've no I idea where that you got from where. me. Yeah, I read this article. I was by myself and I found it. And uh <laughs> Basically, no, I was going to, I'll bring it back to what I was going to say, which was, do you think that the Luka Doncha unhappiness is because of this extra pressure from all of this? Because the social media pressure apparently has been mounting because of all these little bets, right? Like people yeah, are so making let me, bets. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead. Let me take this back a second. So Chris Boucher said on his podcast, I believe it's called Hustle Play, and it's available on Yahoo um, or Yahoo Sports. Um, he talked about um, how much more um, pressure and bullying that players receive from fans as a result of sports betting. And he quoted a person by saying that Chris Boucher got a message from a fan saying that they, quote, picked the wrong slave this week, which is fucking disgusting. Um, I can't believe anyone would say that. I mean, I guess I can no. believe it, but it's pretty awful and gross. And, you know, I guess because of social media and because of all these things, people have more access, like more direct access to other people and DMS and gross messages like that filter through sometimes. And yeah, Chris Boucher was basically saying like sports betting has amplified the social media related bullying that already existed. Actually, Bradley Beal got into an altercation earlier this week with a fan because he was yelling at him for losing his bet. And then he went up to the fan and like tapped his, his hat. And then the fan was like, Oh, you like grazed my face a bit. So now it's like assault or whatever. <laughs> Which is like all I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. Like 
you know, Bradley Beal shouldn't be doing that to the fan, but also the fan shouldn't be verbally assaulting or, you know, harassing him Mm -hmm. uh, in the first place. So it's just, it's all kinds of wrong and terrible. And like, yeah, these things are boiling over and um, yeah, who knows? Maybe Luca's, um, you know, lack of joy with the game that he's expressed is in part a result of this. I think it's like, um, you know, it's a it's something that maybe not everyone anticipated when they thought about sports betting. Everyone was just thinking about the money as they always do. But something I'm always fascinated about is like our relationship with sports. Like one thing I'm like, I'm guilty of this, so I will admit it. Um, But I know many, many, many other people are like this. Like when I talk about the Raptors, I say we. Mm, Yeah, I'm not part of the team. I'm not part of the team. It's not about me (laughs) in any way, but I say we, when I talk about the Raptors and I know like so many other fans, we, we, the North. Okay. So maybe it's not my fault. Maybe it's (laughs) not my fault. They brainwash me. No, but literally like so many fans do that. And I think like oftentimes we need to take pause because we have many of us diehards and like again i'm including myself in this i don't want people to feel like you know i'm calling you out or anything have potentially unhealthy relationships with the sport or with sports in general and it's like you we all just need to take pause sometimes (laughs) and kind of check ourselves and and just like take a deep breath remember it's just sports it's just basketball you know I think that's where the betting becomes a problem because as soon as you bring money into this stuff, it's like, and I don't have anything against betting per se, but it does make sports more personal because if a guy doesn't get 20 points and you lost a thousand dollars, you're mad at that guy and you're mad at him because he made you lose a thousand dollars in your head if you're an idiot. Right. So like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like it does make it more personal. And then you start blaming this person that you don't know that you shouldn't have really even counted on for that money or whatever. And it's like, I really do feel like ever since betting has become like the main sponsor, it seems of sports. Um, it just feels like everything always goes way too far in every direction at first. And right now the market is flooded with these betting sites painting themselves all over every sport. And I don't know that that's healthy. I think it's okay to make betting legal. I don't necessarily know that it's okay to have them be like in the sport broadcast and all that stuff too, because it's like, that's really not the sport. That's, the money gambling side that's the you know what i mean so i don't know i feel like we have to kind of step back and be like okay okay that was overkill let's maybe like reset this and even yeah like even i get completely bombarded by sports betting ads based probably just based on who i follow so it's not necessarily like it feels very male but i don't know in terms of it's like marketing and outreach, how gendered it is, because like I get tons of those ads and I haven't clicked on a single one of them. And so it's like, they are completely unavoidable. I was trying to do like a bit about how I get that and like ads for like crystals at like the same rate. (laughs) 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 But you know, that's that's a window into my algorithm. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a lot. And like, I actually, like, I really do feel for players like Chris Boucher and, and other guys that are dealing with this kind of harassment. Like I know they have like millions of dollars and like they're set for life and this, that, and the other, but it still doesn't make that kind of bullying and like verbal harassment. Okay. I mean, it never does. And I mean, it's just so obvious it shouldn't have to be said, but you know, the fact that Chris Boucher was speaking out about it, I wanted to, to talk about it as well from a fan perspective, because I'm always, always so interested in our relationships with sports and how they evolve. And I guess maybe because as a female sports fan and as someone who's been a fan since I was a kid, it's like maybe I've seen things through a slightly different lens. So it's something that's always intrigued me. And it's just like, yeah, it's another evolution in our relationship with sports, with the players, with the teams. And, and I just think like, it's just really important to have a healthier relationship with the game and don't bet a thousand dollars. If you can't afford to lose it. Yeah. Boom. Like that's <laughs> it. Like don't, don't bet if you can't afford to lose your money, like straight yeah. up. There's no guarantee. Pirtle will score 25 points that game. <laughs> there's no guarantee anyone will do anything like exactly. someone can roll their ankle in the first quarter like you know what i mean if you watch mm-hmm. basketball you know that happens often enough like so you know i i just you know proceed proceed with caution have fun with it like when i um i was playing poker a bit in the summer with ennis and like you know it's one of those things where it's like I go, it was a hundred dollar buy-in. I assumed I would lose the hundred dollars and that that was the cost of my night out. And it was, it absolutely was the cost of my (laughs) night out that plus the Ubers. So, you know, like, but that's, but that's how you have fun with it. You know, anyway, hundred percent. All right. I I do like poker. (laughs) That's the thing. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not a big betting fan, but I'll come play poker. Yeah. Cause it's like with your buddies or yeah yeah alex wong has a video of me having a complete meltdown (laughs) i lost i lost a hand but i was also betting on a janet jackson t-shirt on ebay at the same time and i lost the poker hand and i lost the janet jackson t-shirt at the same time and i just was like you know head in my hand losing it absolutely losing it are you Um, really competitive with that stuff no i think i was more sad about the t-shirt than i was the actual hand but i just couldn't believe i lost both at the same time i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it anyway um okay let's talk more raptors here for a bit uh okay raptors are okay raptors are currently uh ninth but again uh tied with the hawks at 38 wins and then the Heat are in seventh with 40 wins. The Nets are uh, in sixth with 41 wins. I keep going back and forth with whether or not I think the sixth seed is actually attainable or not. Dan, how do you feel? Where do you stand? So as a homer, I have to say it's attainable. And I actually do think that's true. I think that like the team is way better than we've seen. I think I, cause I, you know, when a team's not doing well, it's easy to be like, I, we need to make all these changes, and, like, I hate this. That's not how I felt this year. I just felt like, what's up? You know what I mean? I'm like, what's right. going on? Why isn't this team clicking the way I feel like I thought they would and they should? 
So whatever the reasoning is, I do think that it's gotten slowly ironed out over the season. Um, that being said, if I'm using the season as a, a compass, then I will go and say, no, it's not attainable. So, you know what I mean? Ooh. Because it's like, it's, um, they have, I feel like you just went, you bat, you just like contradicted yourself. Well, it's because I'm saying like, I want, I have faith in them and I want to say yes, but it's just like, if I'm being a realist and like thinking about how they've played this season, it's like, I can't trust that they're going to keep on playing consistently because we haven't seen that all season. Do I want to, and do I think they have potential? Absolutely. I just don't know that it's possible. Like, can we go a little further without having more injuries? You know what I mean? Like, can we have a full team and a full roster? Cause if we can, then maybe we can make a run, you know what I mean? But it's like, if people keep going down and having those, uh, we have to keep making up for that stuff. Then it's, uh, it's going to be a lot harder to get to that sixth place, especially cause we lost a lot of the games that I really thought we should have had to win and, you know, we should have won and we had to win and we didn't. And now it's like chasing the dragon a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, we definitely had uh, multiple like really tough losses that were very close this season. I think, you know, obviously the Pirtle trade was immensely helpful. Like I don't even think we would be in a play in conversation without Pirtle. Um, and we weren't because awesome. we were consistently 12th uh, in the East for a long time there. I just feel like we found our stride a little too late in the season for it to be like a six seed, like realistic situation. Again, I believe that would be against, uh, Philly, yeah, they're they seem pretty firm in the third spot right now. Um, although they're only like um, the Celtics are only two games ahead of them, but in any case, yeah, they've been pretty much third throughout the most of the season. And I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be realistic at this point. But I do think being in the top seventh or eighth in this play-in is very realistic. I think we could eat like currently we're ninth. I definitely think we could pass the hawks um possibly even the heat you know and then just get swept by the celtics or the bucks later but you know what <laughs> like i think it's kind of <laughs> looking at what we can build upon based on how we've played out the last part of this regular season is the optimistic um approach I think. Well, it's like I, I listen to like the Raptors show a lot, and it's like uh, they were making fun of like Nick Nurse because, like, in an interview, he was saying like, "Yeah, I think we could be a hard out." <laughs> you know, like that's the expectation now is like not that we're gonna. Oh make it yeah, yeah, yeah. Or anything. It's like we should. We could be a hard out for someone in the first round. It's like, oh okay, like okay. <laughs> so we're just trying to be like a difficult first round opponent. You know, like it's not great expectations. So I have no, to but that is the most there. we can hope for this season. And I think considering where we were in January, if you're not team tank, 
then this is great. I do, however, think if you are Team Tank and we go into this offseason where we start having the real difficult conversations, you Mm -hmm. might be like, see, see, I was telling you, we should have done this. We should have done this. (laughs) Uh, You know, so I definitely think that that's a possibility come the summer. But if you're looking at the season with who he with who we have and what we're trying to salvage, I absolutely think a seventh or eighth uh, uh, position is yeah. very attainable. I think uh, a play in game with the Hawks or the Heat is very intriguing, very fun. Feels like a game I want to get some drinkies with. Have a you know yeah. have a have a fun time with that. And if it ends up being the end, then you know drink the night away oh, yeah. either either way is i think how i'm gonna play it <laughs> cool, 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 cool. yeah i did that during the trade deadline and i think i'll do it, it worked out. <laughs> you're like i figured it out yeah i figured it out you know i don't get like that for every game but you know the the miles the milestones and you know the i'm pretty sure i was drunk throughout the entire finals <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was drunk the whole finals. Like, remember during like um, during the uh, the the pandemic, and they were like replaying the games. A part of me felt yes. like I was reliving, like I was reliving those moments, but it, it felt like I was watching it for the first time because I was watching it the, for the first time. So you were so drunk. <laughs> That's pretty drunk. That's hilarious. During the finals, because I was so excited. I was so excited. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I think yeah. I cried every national anthem. Like, remember when the national anthem was such a big deal? I think I cried like everyone. <laughs> I don't want people to think I'm an alcoholic. I'm really not. I promise. I'm only a social drinker, but I was just out <laughs> for all those games with people and just basking in the glory of it. And because I've been a Raptors fan for so long, I really felt like I earned these moments, you know? And then at one point yeah. I was like, man, like, being in a finals is expensive, but that's because I'm <laughs> buying so many drinks at bars. I should have just made other people buy those drinks for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta I learn. Guess I'm an, You've learned. I've learned that I am an alcoholic. Is that what you said? No, that you need to get people to drink. You need to get people to buy those drinks for you next time. Yeah, yeah. I need to. Yeah, yeah. I should have. I really should have done that. I was doing that. You know, I'm an independent woman. Me buying my own <laughs> drinks. Um, in any case, uh, I think we both agree <laughs> that the Raptors realistically can be in a seventh or eighth spot, but I do like revisiting it each week as we get closer and closer. Um, okay, it is time for our Raptors hottie highlight of the week, and I am giving it to one of our all time hotties, really. It's Gary Trent Jr. And the fan made Raptors jacket that he wore earlier this week. Did you get to see that jacket? Okay, let me send you. I'm going to post this real quick in our little chat here on the stream yard. Um, It was a very beautiful custom jacket. It was made by, uh, I believe her name is Natalia uh, Amrez. So I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Shout out to you. Uh, It's really nice. I love uh, when I, you know what, like Gary Trent Jr. is, a free agent this year, but he really reps Toronto like so hard. I think he legit actually wants to stay, which would be wonderful. You know, like I remember during the trade deadline, he actually went to that like KFC court thing 
<laughs> and everyone was like, is he actually going to come to this? What if he gets traded and he's just here? But he was like, no, nah, I'm cool. Like, he's just, you know, really having a great time, really embracing the North. Um, yeah, I really, I love having him a part of this team. I love that he loves our city loves our team, loves our logos. And as the fashionista that he is, it's nice to see that he also like enjoys wrapping our team colors, even when he's like, you know, technically sitting out and in street clothes. Absolutely. I love Gary, man. He's so young too. And like people just don't, I don't think people realize like how good he is for how young he is. You know what Mm -hmm, I mean? Like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he's, uh, I don't want to get rid of Gary at all. I never really have. Even when it was the popular thing to say, I just like, I like Gary. Yeah, I like him too. Like, like, I like him as a player, but he's also just very great on a, on a vibes level. So, uh, yeah, yeah. he gets our, our Raptors hottie highlight of the week this week. Dan, thank you so much for joining me. We, what a journey it's been, uh, (laughs) you know, please tell people whenever I send you articles that it's not me, just feel free to do that anytime. (laughs) (laughs) and with that no it's fine i'm just i'm just very much teasing you now so okay dan please tell us about your upcoming comedy album you also have a show where you're launching your album uh later this week for anyone in the toronto area uh tell us all about it yeah, so I have my album Interdimensional coming out April 1st. It's uh, coming out through Comedy Records and executive produced by Scott Thompson from Kids of the Hall. And um, we're going to Oh, be and doing, Comedy uh, Records people will know that's Barry Taylor and Nick Reynolds who used to be uh, uh, on Raptors Republic. So shout out to them. Yes, yes. And uh, they've been just so great. And uh, we're going to be doing an album release show on April 2nd at the supermarket in Kensington. Uh, I'll have albums for sale there. Scott Thompson will be there and a whole bunch of other great comedians like Keith Pedro, Garrett Jameson, and so many more. So uh, please come out and uh, you can get tickets at mycomedytickets.com. Amazing. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for tuning in this week and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.